Welcome and thanks so much for tuning in today. Here's the thing, you guys. This is what you need to know about more Jody. I'm the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself, all the time. The goal of this podcast is to help you go unfiltered. We use so many covers to hide our true selves, and it's time to stop living your life according to what the ideal police think you should be doing and step into who you were created to be. More vulnerable, more authentic, and more free. Today, I welcome Jordan Treader to the podcast. You can find her on Instagram as everyday underscore Jordan. Jordan is a wife, a mom, a blogger, a photographer, really, really good photographer, by the way. And she has really opened up my mind to thinking about minimalism. She made a comment at one point about the solution to all of the junk in our homes isn't just giving it to Goodwill, like we're doing them some sort of service. It was just really interesting to me because it made me realize do I want my house to be this way? Do I need to have this much stuff? Is this stuff actually bringing me joy or is it really weighing me down? What does this all mean? So today, Jordan and I are going to discuss this. She's going to challenge our thinking and I'm just really excited to see how it changes your mind the way it changed mine. Jordan Treader, welcome to the More Jody podcast. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm super excited to have you on here and have you challenged our mindsets a little bit on minimalism and all things Jordan Treader? <laughs> Thank you nope. for having me tonight. No pressure though. No pressure. Um, <laughs> no, I have to say I started following you not that long ago on Instagram and similar. We have a similar sort of Instagram where it's just like, this is my life dumped into Instagram. And I love that when I see it and it's not like, you know, clever quotes separated. So they all like color match on a page. You're just <laughs> yeah. like, this is it. This is real. And my mother-in-law was like, you gotta, you gotta check out her Instagram. And so I, yeah, after not very long, I say like a month or something, I decided I wanted to talk to you. So I'm really excited that you're going to share with us today. And, um, I know that there's a lot more to you than just this new venture of minimalism. Um, so mm-hmm. hopefully you can share a lot of the special parts about yourself as well in your life. Um, but yeah, definitely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what's taken you where you've been on this big journey? So I am, I'm 34 and I've been married for uh, 15 and a half years. Uh, I got married when I was really young. Um, and uh, my husband's name is Tim and we have two boys and they are all, well, almost 14, almost 11. And uh, yeah, we just, we live in a smaller town and we love it. And for fun, I like to take photos. I used to do that as a job, but um, I stopped doing that to sort of simplify my life a little bit more as well, but I still take some for special friends. Full stop. Jordan (laughs) took our family pictures and I just said to her, I think, what year was that? Was that 2018? I think think you're right. They are like the absolute best pictures of all time. They're such like the way you captured my children. I said to Jordan before we got started that I'm like, I need to just have enough money to fly you out here and take our family photos at the ocean because they're that awesome. So I do have the opinion that the world, you know, small town Alberta is really missing out on an epic photographer. Just my two cents. (laughs) Just my two cents. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. Um, I still have some people who ask me to do them and I always say yes. So if I can do it. Um, so yeah, I just was 
thinking back when you kind of sparked my mind about minimalism and sort of where it started and a lot of things in my life sort of interlink with each other. So there's always sort of a backstory to almost everything that I do, which I'm not sure if that's like everyone else or if I just happen to have a lot of self-awareness. I'm not sure. That's a good thing. That's never (laughs) a bad thing. I'm not sure. But yeah, I have a dog that you've seen on my Instagram. Uh, She's very special to me. Her name is Mavis and she's a Brussels griffin. So I have to mention her because if anyone wants to follow, um, she has her own Instagram and she has like three times more followers than I do. The famous Mavis. Oh my gosh. My mom would call me Mavis when she couldn't remember my name, Mavis (laughs) or Myrna. So I'm like, I would never forget. Go follow the famous Mavis. Yes. I don't know how it's hard to wrap up yourself in a couple of sentences. Yeah. I don't know. It is hard. What led you to to thinking about minimalism? Well, you know, I don't know if I can really pinpoint a specific day or time or or something that happened that woke me up to it. Um, But I do remember uh, about five or six years ago, the first time I sort of heard about it or saw it was on Instagram, I think maybe or even Pinterest. And some of it made sense to me what I saw, but some of it didn't really make sense to me. Um, Lots of them had to do with like, having nothing in your home almost and so I didn't quite get that it was sort of like you're you know you only had two toys or three toys for your children and (laughs) you would like sort of maybe rotate them but you know on a base daily like a monthly basis or something so I sort of saw it then and I didn't think much about it I sort of just kind of followed along um and I have always been the kind of person who loves to keep things very organized and Um, actually when I was like a child, um, I used to stay inside for recess, uh, and organize my friend's desks (laughs) because they were so messy and they would drive me crazy. (laughs) I'm like, can you come here and organize my house and take my photos and bake me a cake? Because I feel like you can do all those things. I think I would actually be very good at organizing people's homes. I truly love that. But anyway, um, so our first house was just it was 860 square feet and we only had there was two bedrooms upstairs and there was one closet in each bedroom and one linen closet and that was it in the whole house um so eventually we like we'd add little kind of corners in the basement that we could use for storage but we really didn't have a lot of storage so i sort of got used to purging a lot and keeping things as you know, minimal as I could. And if, you know, if I brought something in, I tried to get rid of something or because we just didn't have the space and I hated the feeling of being like cluttered. Um, so then we moved into our newer home about five and a half years ago, sort of around the same time I started to notice this about minimalism. Um, and I had closets and I had a crawl space mm-hmm. and I actually had to kind of remind myself that I had this storage and I didn't have to keep getting rid of stuff because I was sort of used to it you can hoard now yeah exactly but I did actually like I started um like I had we have this like spare bedroom slash office and it just kept becoming like the catch-all room yeah so we just kept being like okay whatever papers from school that we didn't need or decorations you know if I kind of changed the house up I would put them in there until I had time to put them away but then it just kept getting where every three months or so I had to deal with that room because yeah, it was just too much. When, when you think about 
I'm thinking of moments of shame. Like I experience if you open my junk drawer and I'm like, oh, like, oh my gosh, I yeah. feel like you caught me in my underwear. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's such a moment of, of shame because we all want to put on this front. Like we're organized. We've got it together. We're clean. We're tidy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so interesting that the world, which I always feel like the world tells you a lie and then you believe it. So the world's like, buy all the things. And then you go buy all the things. And then you're so embarrassed that you can't yeah. find a place to put all the things. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it creates an, a prison in your home and like a shame spot when you're like, that's a really embarrassing drawer. I don't know. I just thought that. Well, it's like, if you have to keep the door closed all the time, yeah. <laughs> what are you, what are you hiding? Or like, what's the problem? Like yeah. if, if I'm like, don't go in that room or if we had people coming over, I would like anything that I just didn't really have time to think about, I would throw in that room and shut the door. Totally. We've um, all been there too. Yes. So one day I just kind of was thinking, you know, if I had less stuff, then I wouldn't have to always be putting stuff away. And if I, you know, didn't always feel the need to change my decor all the time and things like that, then I wouldn't always have these little messes right. of those times when I did that. Because, you know, on a, on a Saturday morning, I would like, like oh, I'm going to, you know, dust the whole living room and maybe change some stuff. But then like you have to make lunch and then you also have to do right. laundry and then whatever else. And then all of a sudden that mess is still there, but I've used all my energy doing other stuff, right. like normal living stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then that kind of just becomes now a burden because right. it's, yeah. So that sort of was my, probably the thinking um, that started me thinking on this. And then this time two years ago was the Marie Kondo craze. Right. And I did do a lot of purging then. I didn't ever read her book or, or anything. I think I might've watched a couple of her shows, um, but I just kind of thought I'm definitely going to start. And I did start in my bedroom and I purged a lot of stuff and a lot of clothes and just bags. I never use anymore, things like yeah. that. Um, and then I eventually moved down into the kitchen and then I moved into like our office and sort of did a whole house purge. I, I'm careful not to just like purge through my kids' rooms because right. that's tough. Well, that's I though. was, yeah, like I would yeah. love to see everything gone sometimes. And especially my youngest, he's quite a little hoarder. Like he loves to keep every rock that he finds and sometimes like wrappers from things that were like candy wrappers like Callaway Park and something was kind of cool and he like had the wrapper and it was cool he would keep it and he's not quite there anymore but he used to do that and so like walking past his room just gave me like anxiety because it was always a mess but I was careful not to you know go through their stuff so I would kind of ask them and if they were into purging or going through their things then we would do it. But it was that's always a good decision. That's a good Never. heads up for me because I feel like yeah. they're, my kids are 10 and eight and I feel like I have no respect for them that way. And I need to, like that needs to change in me because I'm like, this is garbage, right? And sometimes it is, but some of it's like their choice about an old truck they want to keep that I'm yeah. like, you've outgrown this, right? Yeah, you're right. And even if they never play with it, I still don't say like, well, you never play with this. I try to just let it be their choice. So right. And then whatever they decide to keep, we'll work out a way to organize it. So um, I like that. And yeah, so I didn't do the like spark joy thing about every piece because I, their piece, their, it's stuff like I can't, I can't get to that level of like, yeah. putting an emotion on it. But 
Um, some things, I mean, if I was kind of hesitant, I just wouldn't give them away. I just wouldn't donate it or sell it. I would say, well, maybe right. I'll keep it. And then maybe next time I'll think about it. Um, and it was a slow process and I do get overwhelmed easily. So I sort of just took my time. Um, but the biggest, I think the biggest struggle for me personally was clothing. Like I was just, it was getting really bad. Like I would just consistently keep buying new things and eventually like my husband owns a cabinet making shop so we were talking about like closet and I actually suggested we take out our ensuite bathroom and turn it into a walk-in closet because I had we had so many things and um the opposite side of having too many clothes is too much laundry oh yeah good call I was always like I could never keep up with the laundry and it, it wasn't like it wasn't like I was changing my clothes all the time, but it was too many options. Like I just had too yeah. many things and then you throw them on the floor because you're getting, trying to figure out what you're going to wear. And then all of a sudden on the weekend or whenever I would do the laundry, it was like so much laundry. So that was like, just, I was honestly, I felt like I was up to my eyeballs all the time in laundry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even my kids too, they just had too many things. Um, so I kind of about a year ago, I would say, is when I almost started feeling a bit guilty. Um, I feel like it was probably God sort of prompting me to make a change. Um, he's gracious, so he didn't smack me across the face like I probably <laughs> needed. But you know what right. I mean? He was, the ideas were sort of there, and I just started really thinking. And then my eyes were open to human trafficking and where a lot of our clothes come from. And what fast fashion was and things like that too. And so it was all sort of happening at the same time. And then we had the pandemic start. I'd like to pause you. Can yeah. I pause you? I have no idea what clothing has to do with trafficking. I, I know a little tiny bit about fast fashion, but could you just like briefly educate us on what those things mean? Like I know what sweatshops are, but just maybe take us through your thoughts on that. So in some countries around the other side of the world where they do make clothing, it's not always just because it says it's made in China, it doesn't mean it's a sweatshop or there's child labor involved or any of that. There are companies that try to have ethical processes in place and keep up with that. So I'm not going to say everything that comes from Bangladesh is bad or anything right, like that. Okay. But there are companies that don't speak out against it. So if they aren't speaking about safe practices, then most likely they're not doing safe practices. Oh. And so when it comes to like child slavery and um, like women who are slaved to, to in bad conditions to make these garments and they're, they're not really fed, they're forced to work like insane hours, sleep in the, in the shops, you know, the only way that they can have a job is if they live there so then they kind of they get fed and things like that so okay. it's not right um and so sort of my mind was like if I can't look the person in the eye that made the item I'm wearing and know yeah. that they were treated right I don't want to wear it I don't I don't know if it did if they didn't say it came from somewhere safe or they aren't totally transparent about it then I'm assuming that it's not good so that might be a harsh judgment, but it's actually not that hard not to shop in those places once you break habits. I think that's just a challenge we all need to hear. Because I know for myself, to be totally honest, and 
I have a, I have a few friends who've mentioned it before and it kind of just started, I started thinking about it, but like, did you, did you gain some of that wisdom by like Googling what was on a label or how did you kind of go about that? Or did you look up certain stores you were shopping at? Yeah, I sort of started looking up stores. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there is a website that scores companies. Okay. And I don't remember right now which one it is, but, um, you know, I looked up even like Lululemon and like they, they don't say, no, they're bad. And they say, but they could do better. So they're really good at like figuring out exactly where the, um, the flaws are. And so that, you know, that at least you're informed. Okay. They're, they do have some practices in place, but they're still kind of not great in this area, or maybe they're, um, fabrics are not sustainable, you know, they'll, they're, they rate it on different kinds of things. So, um, basically I sort of just went, I just kind of did my own research. Did your best. Yeah. Like I wouldn't call myself an expert and I'm not saying like I'm writing off every, everything, but if I, if I know it's made in Canada or even in the USA, um, sometimes I've been buying things that are actually just made in Calgary. Um, you know, and I know I'm supporting then like a family that lives in my own backyard basically. And so, yeah, I mean, you obviously you have to pay more. So I think that stops the fast fashion and it stops the consumerism because you really have to think about what you're purchasing and have a reason for it. Because I mean, unless you really don't care and you just want to buy a whole bunch, that's fine. But you know, if I'm going to spend $70 on a t-shirt or even more, I should need it first. <laughs> well, and, and in, in like a not stupid, but um, maybe shallow way at the same time, really nice clothes feel really good. Yeah. They usually they last. Breathe, they last. They breathe better on your body. And I have a few friends who I ordered a sweater off Amazon. My girlfriend and I gave them to each other for our birthdays and I got it and I loved it. And instantly it's pilling. And I said to her, I'm yeah. like, yeah, because this is made Lord knows where. And I said, and it's, and I, so I said, it's actually like a a struggle with heartbreak. If I buy anything cheap, it wears out so fast and I'm just mad. So better to have eight things in your wardrobe that are like beautiful, well-made, you know, like products that would feel better too than having a million t-shirts from old Navy that were like 9.99. Yeah. And I was the worst for Old Navy. I mean, that was the store I spent most of my money on. And I'm not shaming people who shop there. That's not it at all. It's a personal choice that I've made that I'm trying to just like cut that tie. Um, And now when I order things and they come in the mail, they don't even smell like whatever they put on clothes that makes it so they don't get eaten by bugs. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but you know, they have that smell. You (laughs) want my brother walked into our Dean's and he was like, uh. wanted something from there. And he's like, I don't even want to buy her a gift card. And I'm like, why? He's like, I don't know. It smells like cancer. Like, he's like, I don't even know what that is, but it's so gross. That Yes. And sometimes um, that smell doesn't come out. No. Like I've it, had stuff before where you're like, this still yeah. stinks like a factory. Yeah. So now my full transparency I can't find jeans right now that are ethically made because I'm plus size. So okay. I may still buy them at Old Navy, but at least I know I'm not buying like multiple items that in six months are going to be sitting at Goodwill. Yes. Um, if I'm buying jeans, like, you know, and sometimes too, if you find a pair of jeans that work for you, it's okay. I'm not saying, but it, I'm not saying I'm never shopping there. I'm never going to the Gap again. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm trying to be more mindful 
of where my clothes come from and who made them and if they're responsibly sourced and all of those things. I just, I want to be very intentional about that. Right. So you're basically yeah. saying that you're not perfect, but you exactly. try your heart, you yes. try your hardest and you love yes. a pair of rock star jeans. That's all you're saying. That is the style I love. <laughs> Me too, honey. Those I always, are the best jeans. My ass, I know. My ass won't quit either. And I love those rock stars. So I They're so good. Yeah, I'm, I totally get it. I hear you. And yeah, no, I, I like higher end clothes, but old navies, I don't, I struggle with jeans. I've always had yeah. a hard time. I have knock knees. I feel like my legs just like don't look right. And then I hate jeans and then jean Friday comes. I'm supposed to be so excited and I hate it. But yeah. rock stars, I felt like that they made that a little bit better. They, they did reason. that right. Yeah, yeah, they did it right. And yeah. it's got and a maternity consistent. waistband. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a good thing. Yeah. So I, I yeah. hear you. So I'm just saying, like, I'm not. If you saw me walking down the street and they look brand new, yeah. I might have bought them recently. <laughs> but I'm trying to do better. That's so, right. And that's um, what matters. Yeah. So then when we got to the pandemic, you know, we were staying home for a long time. And I realized that for like two or three weeks, I was just washing and wearing the same two or three tunics and leggings and I wasn't even going in my closet. So then I was like, okay, like beyond clothes, like everything. I'm like, man, we just have all these things that mean nothing. Um, when, and we don't, we really can live on so much less if we had to. Um, so my birthday came in October and I kind of made a personal vow to myself that I was going to sort of tie up all the loose ends that I had started with the minimalism stuff, really try not to purchase new items unless I really need them. And if I do, I have to get rid of something else that I don't need. So if I was buying a new dress, I had to get rid of a dress. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And so about right after my birthday, I purged my closet I kept one third of my entire wardrobe. And then right before Christmas, I kept one third of the one third. Oh, wow. Did that make you feel anxious? No. I feel like that makes me feel anxious hearing it. I might have a problem. But I couldn't have done all of it at first. I had to sort of do it in stages. So I would just do what was comfortable and it was fine. And there was a couple pieces that I was like, no, I really like this. Or it's sentimental to me for some reason or um, whatever, or my husband said I looked good in it one time. So I feel like I should keep it. (laughs) I got a compliment. I got it. Yeah. 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 I'm the same Um, way. Something about it. I was just like, no, I need that. Yeah. Um, But then I kind of went back again and I went through it again. And then I um, kind of just vow, I kind of made that vow to myself to just like really try to commit to this, stop buying, stop donating. really just try to be very intentional, practical, useful items that came in. Okay. So question for you, mm-hmm. what does that look like in your heart and mind when you you're on your second third? So like you did the first section and you got your closet down to one third, and then you said you kept a third of that again, right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. So what is that like in that moment? Are you like, okay, these are the things I haven't thought about in the last month, or these are the things I really know. Like, how does your brain cut that because it would be hard for me to cut it down the first time but to cut it down one more time what actually happens in your head that made you decide I can give this up now or I have to keep this so sort of in my mind I would think have I worn this item did a season pass where I didn't even look at it yes gone okay um unless it was something where like literally it's for a funeral or something like I there's no reason I should have worn it (laughs) like 
there's Keeping items you just yeah like there's yeah. things you just have that you just need to keep like nice pants a pair of nice pants right for things or interviews or whatever um my other thing was because I know myself if it was an item that I would have put on and said no I hate that shirt taken it off thrown it down and put another shirt on I probably know I don't need that piece because I know I've done it before. So every piece that I pulled out, I put on, stood in front of the mirror. Oh, that's turned smart. around. I said, you know, I don't like the way it fits here. I don't like the way it does this. Yeah. I don't any then because there's pieces that you just have that you sort of you bought because you like the way they look and maybe they looked good the first few times you wore it, but then you've worn it and it, it's cheap maybe. So then it yeah. kind of gets worse and wrecked and. Um, they don't hold up, which is kind of like what you were saying before. And now it just, it's not great. Yes. So I would kind of just get rid of those. So that's sort of my thought process was I kind of, you just got to know yourself. Like I know if I'm keeping something because I bought it, hoping I looked like something else, right? but I really don't. And I know that. Yeah. So I actually never wear it because I don't actually like the way I look in it. I like the way it might look on somebody else. And that's why I bought it. Right. Um, I need it in my closet. I do say to my husband and he makes fun of me, but when we go shopping, I'll try something on. And my thing is like, do you love it? Or are you in love with it? Cause I'll put something on and I'm like, I really love it. I'm like, but am I in love with it? Yeah. That really helps me be like, no, you're not going to be in love with it when you get home. Right. Like, right. So I think that's something to ask yourself too. You have to really, really love it. Well, and I think like, maybe it's just me, but like I did have a few things in my closet where when I wore them, I couldn't wait to get out of them. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's sort of an in kind of a thing to pay attention to because yeah, we should just feel good in our clothes, but also feel good wearing our clothes. Like they should fit us whatever size you are by the size you are. Don't try to fit into something. But then also it should feel good on your skin. You should feel good wearing it. And I mean, a lot of stuff didn't do that. Totally. Did um, you ever watch What Not to Wear? Oh yeah, I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like my favorite. Yeah. And I have to say, well, I remember when, you know, Clinton's making fun of the girl who's wearing like a spaghetti strap so thin and she's got these huge boobs and he's like, look, this is dental floss holding up these melons and it'll make <laughs> you laugh and stuff. But I think about how, you know, when you wear a skirt and it's, it rides up because it rides up your rolls. And then you're just like, oh my gosh, now it's like this super slutty mini skirt that you never intended to be wearing. Right. And I feel like I have clothes still at 38 years old that it's like, they're wearing me. Yeah. I hate the feeling in it. It doesn't feel right. It rides up. And yet like, I'm going to have a heyday after this, this is going to like, this conversation Mm -hmm. is going to settle into my spirit. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to be like, yeah, you don't need those items. They're just sitting there. Yeah. And it's not about guilt. It's not about like, a, it's not like you have to only have five items. So right. you have to get rid of all your stuff. So you, and if you have six, like you're not doing it right. I really don't think it is like that. I wasn't like, I can only have two cardigans and I can only have two right. pairs of jeans. It's not like that. It's just keeping things intentionally. You know, when I do my laundry now, I know that I'm always wearing kind of the same, I could probably go two weeks with, you know, the different coordinations of things you put together and, but they're still sort of the same items. And 
nobody cares what you wear. <laughs> and no one notices. Yeah. Like no. I used to just like, when I was younger, I used to just think about walking down the hall in school, wearing this outfit and everyone's yeah. going to notice it. Like no one does that. I mean, no. maybe you might get a compliment, but like, it's not like if you wore the same thing twice, they're going to think like, what's the matter with that person? She doesn't have more than two outfits or one outfit or whatever. It's like, it's a vanity thing, but it's like, it's not important. No, I do think teenagers though, just for a well, little minute, they do like people are stupid and kids are like, that's the kid who smells and wears the same shirt every day. So I feel like a little well, less minimalism yeah. for the teens maybe, but for us, it's okay. Well, they're on their own journey. So they're on their own journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do have to say, I'm like, you know what? I had this really ugly jeans and I remember my, like knowing I needed to wear them and hating my life. So I'm like, yeah, I, I, I give or take a little bit with the teens, but I think for us it is important. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, walking, I work alone. So yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't even need a bra. What am I dressing up yeah. for? Like, <laughs> exactly. Nobody cares. <laughs> oh my gosh. Especially right so, now. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Like, you know, most people aren't even wearing pants right now because they don't have to, they can just exactly. sit in front of the screen. So, um, yeah, so that's sort of where he landed. I didn't have a, a goal. Um, you know, one sat, like it was kind of sick. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I have those like hangers that have like the velvety thing, yeah. you know? And uh, once I got rid of all my clothes, I had enough hangers to replace all of my husband's plastic hangers still. So <laughs> I went through his clothes and he, he and I, you know, he has a lot of stuff like he works hard so his clothes are also like he has a lot of t-shirts because he works he wears nice. them to work so like I I can't just like get rid of them if they're ratty if they're ratty because he wears them to work like they get totally gross. yeah so you know I'm not like I didn't go through his stuff I kind of let him decide but then you know with our kids um they had a lot of extra stuff too and I asked them if they didn't you know, I said, Hudson, every time I pull this up and you say, I don't want to wear it, I put it back in. And I'm like, do you even like it? Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's just get rid of it then. Well, and it's okay. I tried to Marie Kondo. I watched like one episode, but like, seriously, I don't get, I don't feel joy from any of my clothes, but like put food in front of me and I will like, <laughs> I will like sing a new harmony. I like the, you know, the sky opens. Yes sun shines down but like I don't feel joy from things in a home well like you know what I mean like give or yeah. take, like some things but um same thing with my kids drawers I did the Marie Kondo folding right but all it yeah. meant was that I had way more room for t-shirts and you think my kids can get them back in there like that no yeah yeah so I agree with you like and I hold stuff up all the time and then I'm angry at the kids again because I'm like you little degenerates don't appreciate what you have. Like same thing my mom, my parents would have said, right? Or thought, maybe not said. Um, but it's that sort of stuff too that's like, so now it's creating fights with my kids. Yes. Because I bought them this stuff and now they don't want to wear it too, which is also frustrating. Well, even at Christmas this year, so we only bought the kids four presents each. We did the something you wear, something you read, something you want, oh. something you need. Yeah. And I didn't buy them clothes because they didn't need clothes. Yeah. And this was actually the first Christmas ever that we didn't have to clean up after we unwrapped our gifts because they had what they wanted and they, you know, it was Lego mostly because that's yeah. boys, well, yeah. kids. Um, and they weren't overwhelmed with so much yeah. stuff. And they, we gave them, we like, I made them the actual, like their Christmas list had want, need, read, 
yeah, whatever. <laughs> and so they gave us a list of things under those categories. And then we said we'll choose and they had, I had a budget. So they may have ended up with two things unwrapped, but they I spent the same. Yeah. And, and it was great. Like there was no stress yeah. with that. And well, and they're not overwhelmed because kids get so yeah. much. We had a few Christmases ago where I was like, it probably was like four years ago. It was so absurd that I'm yes. like, I don't even know what's happening. And like, what, like this is, yeah, like we would have to do a huge purge around Christmas to break for all the new stuff that was going to come in. And the sad thing is, is I would tell our, our family, like, it's actually turning our kids into spoiled brats. Yeah. Like, they're not like, oh, I love this relative. They spoiled me rotten. No, they're like, where's like, it just, it didn't have the outcome that person yeah. just loved them so much that they just wanted to pour gifts on them but it just made my kids bratty and overwhelmed and it didn't create a better place, a better experience for my kids. And it didn't create more love. Like the lie is that more giving a kid more stuff makes them like you more. It doesn't change that. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like next year I'm going to ask and see if like we can do like, instead of gifts, even just like, let's just, well, hopefully things will be open, but you know, yeah. like let's go to the water park right. as a family yeah. with everybody, or let's go do this together or something, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, little gifts are fine. And I don't want to take that from someone. If they saw something that they really felt was like special and wanted to give, like there's people who that's their love language. So yeah. that's good. Like, I wouldn't want to take that away, but um, that shouldn't be the intent of the season. So well, I think um, just intentional and thoughtful. Yeah, Be intentional exactly. and thoughtful about yeah. everything you buy and everything you give. And then that's good because you've yeah. through it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I backpacked, backpacked across Europe when I was 21 and I only had room for like, I think two pairs of pants, two shirts, a pair of PJs, like five pairs of underwear, something like that. Right. Two bras max. And I remember feeling like before I went like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to look cool. Like, how am I going to do this? And I went alone. So um, looking cool and being likable felt like a really important thing at 21. Mm -hmm. um, but it was so freeing. And I remember thinking like, this is actually, because I was gone, I think two and two and a half months or something. But I remember thinking like, this is really freeing, not having to take so much thought and to decide what I was going to wear. Then when I moved out to Vancouver Island, I first came and lived in a cabin by myself and it had, it had three bedrooms. So it wasn't, it was like an A-frame, but the kitchen, which is my domain, the kitchen was really tiny and whatever. And I didn't have a dishwasher. And, but soon I was like, I don't need a dishwasher. Like you just, you just, you adapt, you keep yes. adapting. So the lie is that you won't adapt and that you'll feel hard done by and all those things. And then after the cabin, I moved into an apartment, two bedroom apartment with my three boys, my husband and my two kids. And at first I thought, oh my gosh, like we're going to have, you know, we're going to, we're going to go a little bit squirrely. And, and that was, it was still hard because it was a small space for four people, but it was so easy to clean. And yeah. that was the same thing with the cabin. Like I would go to clean on a Saturday morning and I was done in like half an hour, 45 minutes. And I meant it was like clean. Right. And so I started to realize if my life feels that much easier, that that's better. And then even not having a dishwasher, I just kept up with the dishes. Right. Yeah. And, and I didn't. And then when I, then when we got our new house and I heard the dishwasher and it ran for like two hours, <laughs> I was like, why does so much water need to be used on did, like you know what I mean like it, yeah it started to really I really felt it and I really um just didn't see 
how this fancier way of living with all this extra space made sense. And so, yeah, I do still like having some space for, you know, from my family and some space for myself, but I don't, I don't need a big home means a big place to clean Mm -hmm. means a big place to organize, you know, things like that. And so I definitely think that just came up right now um, in my head as you talked about it. And when you talked about minimalism at the beginning of this conversation, when you said um, you thought it would be like empty at first, Mm -hmm. it made me think about how I also pictured it looking really cold in my head. It was like a really cool, cold look. And I think, um, I think about a communist household in Berlin Mm -hmm. or something where they only were allowed like a few things. And that's kind of what I picture. And then in picturing that, it made me think about how our grandparents and stuff and the generations before us, they had so much less than we have. Yeah. We, we make better incomes, you know, we have more opportunities, it feels like, and they cling to stuff where we cling to experiences. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, I feel like they had a lot of experiences like the kinds we try to recreate, um, you know, outdoors. And that was a lot of their life back then, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely a very different generation. And I think that a lot of, for a lot of them, it stemmed from having nothing. They grew up with nothing. And so the, then if people were given stuff away, like you were going to take it, right. Yeah. It was yeah. that mentality where now someone wants to give me stuff. And I'm like, I honestly wish that my boxes of keepsakes would have just burned in a fire because then I wouldn't have to think about what do I do with these, the, all these photos now? Like, I don't feel very nostalgic, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I yeah. feel weird, but yeah. 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 I can definitely relate to that too. Like I, I do keep, that's one thing I do keep is photos, but I do think like I, I have that set aside for one day to go through. Yeah. Um, and you know, photos of like my relatives and things like that you know I'll make sure I would give them to someone else who would appreciate them if I wasn't gonna have them in my own house but um you know it is it is sometimes funny because you don't know like what am I supposed to do with this if I don't really have a connection to it Mm -hmm. or if I don't feel joy about any of the items really yeah right right but I still want a cozy home I still want a home that feels comfortable um so to me, the answer isn't like, the goal is no things. <laughs> it's that's to me, not what it is. Um, I'm not getting rid of my stuff just for the sake of having an empty space or an empty closet. Right. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's more like keeping what you need and putting it somewhere where it belongs. And that's where it ends. Uh, everything has a place, everything has a purpose. And if you want to bring something in, then it needs to also have a place and you ha- shouldn't have to rearrange everything. I mean, unless you bought like an air fryer or something, but like, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> whatever, you have to find a spot for it. But like, yeah. if you already have so many winter jackets and you, you know, you don't even have a closet to put them in. There's so many, but you just fought, found one and you yeah. loved it. You know, like there should always be a spot for everything. We should, I, that's my goal is that I'm not tripping over things. I'm not like always trying to figure out where am I going to put this thing? What am I going to do with it? I have to kind of, I should just be able to like, okay, it goes there and we close the door in the closet and that's that. Oh, you shouldn't have to expand your closet and remove your bathroom. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I need that bathroom. I you live with boys. That, you need that bathroom. <laughs> yes. That's yes. a serious, that's a serious thought you had there for a minute. Yeah, um, didn't do that. But I also kind of um, the I think the fact 
that minimalism can take so many different forms is something that's kind of maybe lost on people. Um, maybe like we don't take into account how buried we are in stuff mentally and physically, like not just physical stuff, but mentally like with social media and things like that. Um, there's a thing called decision fatigue and. Oh, I feel like I have that every day. Yeah. It wears us down. Uh, Like we have so many tiny decisions to make all day from what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? What am I going to do? Who am I going to follow? What am I going to read on the internet? What am I going to do? How am I, you know, how long am I going to scroll? Um, whatever. Some of it is life. You can't change that. But some of it we do to ourselves, I think, by just like having so much bombardment of stuff physically in our home that is a cluttered mess and it's you know it's it's not relaxing but then also what we're putting into our minds as well um so I just feel like when we are sorting through all of these things in our minds we just grow tired and then we give up because it's just too much to deal with and there's too many decisions to make um and it all just kind of goes hand in hand and is connected I think um like there's minimalism of the house but there's also minimalism of our time and our mental wellness as well I think I just can't get over what you just said literally I co-manage now all of Vancouver Island I'm a sales manager and I'll come home and my husband's like what spoon should I use for this casserole and I'm like I'm not the manager here (laughs) find your own spoon so I'm like oh my gosh that's actually so funny but I do I have so I don't want to make decisions all the time And so it's so funny because especially January is a a blue time, even when people don't struggle with mental health, it's a, it's a darker blue time. And I said the other day to someone, I'm like, I think Jodes needs an antidepressant. And they're like, but you usually are the antidepressant. And I was like, (laughs) but I'm down. And I'm like, I feel like down for the count. And, but what I noticed when you say that, it's so interesting. I have stuff stacked on my floor that I can't decide where to put it on the wall. It's been stacked here. We've now lived here a year and a half. I have something behind my door. That's like a really beautiful barnwood thing. I don't know where to put it. It sits behind my door. I have a frame, the guest book frame from my wedding over here, laying behind the wall of the TV because I have decision fatigue. I go into my closet in the morning. I told my, my, um, my partner, my co-manager, Teresa, she wants me to just call her my friend because I talk about her all the time. (laughs) Stop calling me that. Call me your friend. Um, I told her, I was like, sorry, I look so gross today. And she's like, you don't look gross. I'm like, but I knew I had no decision-making ability when I got ready. Yeah. From the easiest thing I could find in my closet. And it's because the fatigue of January and the world Mm -hmm. and my five insurance offices and trying to decide what spoon to let my husband use for the casserole (laughs) when I don't care. Yeah. It's too many things. And so when you say that, like, I'm going to think about that for the next five days. I'm going to think about a lot of stuff you've said, but I'm going to think about that for like the next forever, because right now decision fatigue is all over my house because since we moved, I don't know where to put stuff. Well, it's just, if you think like every time we're on our phones, we're constantly shown influencers and ads and people are telling us we need stuff and people are telling us we want to go to Starbucks and drink this, but at Starbucks, you have to decide out of a million things what you want. They don't even name their size is normal like yeah there's that and then like it it never ends it never ends when you go to the store and you want to buy a shirt you have the decision to decide well what one of 10 colors do I want to buy because it's just there's too many things (laughs) 
and our our ancestors did have a lot less stuff but there was a lot less stuff to buy too yeah the, you know most of us kids that grew up in the 80s and 90s we pretty much all had the same toys yeah when you think back we, you know fisher price made yeah. i don't know we all kind of had the same toys we all sort of had the same bikes yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. because there wasn't a million different ones to maybe choose from um and it, it weighs us down it helped you know we, can, we can't sleep at night <laughs> we we can't keep up with all of that and then we have to go and try to keep our house organized and all of our stuff organized and our children organized and their yeah. life organized and our lives organized it's just like it's crazy and i i really felt very weighed down all the time by these things and just too much information overload mm -hmm. you know even when you go on facebook you not so much now i guess because people don't share as much on facebook like they used to but like you know you'd get a million opinions about one thing oh or gosh, you yeah. would get good stories sad stories um just too much just it's it's yeah, never ending much. and we do it as soon as we wake up we're, we're checking our phones and we're checking our phones until the second we fall asleep so it's like when you pair that and then you look around and everything around you is cluttered i mean where are we going to decompress and just relax from all well, of these things clutter really <clears throat> Clutter really steals peace. And if you, it does, live, yes. I would encourage anyone, if you live in a really cluttered home, I would encourage you to move <laughs> because when you move, you have to take it all with you. And all, yes. all of a sudden, right? Like it's, it's, it's a good, garbage. yeah, it's a good, that's a good process to go through because yeah. you do realize what you want to take and what you just don't want to move. Yeah. And, I, um, and, that's, and that tells you how much you care about it. Right. When I sort of started, you know, being intentional about this, I actually unfollowed every company that I, you know old navy uh just things that i were kind of tempting me not to keep going with what i wanted i would just unfollow them um influencers or just like maybe people who it's it's constant ads I'm not following them anymore yeah i'm sorry i know that's how they make money but i'm not no, interested not your I'm, job to make you know their bank accounts either. i'm not i'd rather follow content that's just like going to inspire me to keep going in my goals so um, and once you remove that noise, it just, you just feel a little bit more calm and then you have more confidence to sort of tackle what you really want to do with your life. What Enneagram number are you? I've never done it. What? I know everyone Jordan, does it. The program. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, well, no. the Enneagram is my favorite book. I'm going to hold it up and show you Jordan. It's called the road back to you. And then this is by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And then the other one is The Bridge Between Us and it's for relationships, which I have not read. So, and I probably don't even think I've, I think I've probably mostly read this one. But anyways, I am a seven on the Enneagram, which is the adventurer. And I struggle with gluttony of the mind. So I am mm. a thinker. And I mean, it makes sense. I'm like doing these jobs. I have this podcast. I'm starting making cooking videos. I just like, I'm so exuberant that I like, and it's not fake. It's very much like I generally have a ton of energy more than most, but I struggle. So I have to choose. I'm someone who could live with my head in the clouds. So I have to make things, I have to do things like yin yoga, which I don't love because it slows me down. Mm -hmm. um, I meditate and pray, not really like an empty your mind meditate, but sort of like I'm here, God, my hands are open. I seek you you know, speak to me. And then I just go quiet. And then when I start to think about the world again, 
I say that again and it kind of like shuts me up and I can only set a timer for so many minutes, but those practices help. And it's definitely that I have a gluttony in the mind. I'm like going, mm-hmm. you know, nonstop. And so I think for people to look for, like you said, like your wisdom and your intentionality and your thought when you thought, okay, these things are triggers. I'm going to want to go buy these clothes. Even the noise of the ads like I can't even have commercials on the TV. Like I'm like, this mm-hmm. has to be muted. Right. So I think I love that you, you had, you step back and you have the awareness to be like, how is this impacting me? It's like thoughtful in every area. That's what you are. You're everyday thoughtful Jordan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why like my family's probably so annoyed with me. Cause I just always have like, I haven't thought about everything and I just, you know, in some ways, my husband, I feel like he loves that, but I think it drives him crazy too, because I, you know, I used to not be able to sleep because it's just like, well, I'm talking about this now. And then I'd go to this and I'm thinking about this and I, oh, I'm going to do this. And, um, you know, I have kids that have mental health things too. And so part of that really inspires me to keep going with it because ultimately I'm trying to teach them how to be successful for themselves too. And like they're own life and their atmosphere and how they live their life because it's just kind of yeah they just they all sort of just go together it all just goes together but I think the miracle is the fact that you articulated that because Mm -hmm. a lot of people like and I don't I don't say people like outside of you or me like us also depending on what it is but we have this oh I'm anxious or oh I can't sleep and then I had a time I think in like April of 2020 where I was I felt like I just hadn't breathed deep in like a month and a half. And it wasn't, Mm -hmm. I I was never worried about COVID, but I'm trying to keep businesses afloat. I'm trying to make revenue. I'm trying to keep all my staff sane and Mm -hmm. um, all those things. And so what I realized was, is, you know, when you can't yawn, like you're so tight, I was so uptight. And then I would um, like on a Saturday morning, when you get out of bed and you're all yawny and it's awesome and you're cozy and you sit on the couch and you can't stop yawning, but it's mostly because you're like, slept so good and now you're still feeling cozy it was like I was wound so tight my blood pressure was so high but the fact that you're doing this and this is what I would encourage people listening to do is like look at the areas of your life you're struggling and then ask ask yourself like what is causing this Mm -hmm. because to articulate it's the constant scrolling it's it's all these things a messy cluttered existence really yeah yeah and the fact that the fact that you articulated that I think is is more rare and I would encourage people to like know yourself and then recognize what are your triggers and where does this stuff impact you the most yeah definitely because I do think if you put some thought into it you'll probably find the culprit um you know some people I think really pretty much can spend all day scrolling and it doesn't bother them so maybe that's not their thing but I'm more sensitive to things like that. I'm more sensitive to content overload and opinion overload. And I'm sensitive to those sorts of things. So for me, that's an issue. So for me, that means I have to do something about it. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, no social media, get off the internet. That's not what it means. It means set balance or put a balance in place, set boundaries in place for yourself, keep yourself yeah. in check and be honest with yourself about it. Like, no, I can't do that. It's too much. <laughs> it's, it's control. So, Recognize when it's controlling your brain. Yeah. Too much, right? yeah. I and, felt like that last weekend and I took, shut it off on Monday. And then I decided that two days this week, I wouldn't touch it at all. Yeah. And it's, it's just, they, they go into each other though. Like, I feel like one sort of starts the process of the stuff overload. Like they're just, everything's kind of connected that way. 
Um, well, it's definitely the way the world is. It's overstimulating. Well, it's constant. The people who are making these apps and these programs and these social media things, like they're smart. They know how to get us hooked. They know what ads are so working. Gross. So, know. you know, it, it's just being uh, mindful, I guess. And just, you know, um, I don't want to spend every Saturday cleaning my house. I want to spend it with my kids doing stuff that's fun. Yeah. You know, well, but I love to clean. So I'm not going to say I, that's my stress reliever. Uh, if, if I'm vacuuming like a mad lady, there's probably something going on inside my heart that I need to work out with the Lord. That's so funny. Cause I'm like, I hate cleaning more than anything. Oh, I love it. The kitchen banging around, making a million, making way too many things. That's when I'm stressed. <laughs> Where did your inspiration come from? My, I guess personally, just I'm, I am inspired the further I dig into it. So just like a leading on your heart that was going to yeah. bring, you, bring you freedom. Like it's been so much work to do so much of what I've already done that just the satisfaction of it is inspiring to me. I think just no. kind of the self-satisfaction and just knowing like I'm breaking these bonds that I have to things and that I'm really changing. I'm really committing. And it's almost just like if you lost a whole, like a large amount of weight, you obviously stuck it out. So yeah. just seeing that things are, you know, I'm not even, I don't think about, you know, browsing online anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't think about buying things or just like mindlessly buy, like, you know, yeah. looking through whatever. Um, but the satisfaction of just like an empty space or a well thought out closet or just like, that's you know, beautiful. that's yeah. sort of just like been my inspiration. I think as I've been going, the negative space is very inspiring. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I love it. I totally yeah. love it. I guess that's simple, but that's sort of it. I don't, I don't know. That's simple, but that's what this whole thing is, is yeah. simple, calming, peaceful, right? Like yeah. not anxious. Um, so what keeps you going? Is it a sense of, of this purpose you feel, or is it a desire to save money? Or is it, it sounds like it's both, but it's all, yeah, it's all of it. Definitely saving money for sure. I really felt like I wasn't being a good steward to the money that I was getting that we had in our family. And I just, we weren't just like, wasn't, I can't say it was my husband. Like it was me. I was the one who was overspending on a lot of things. Um, so I kind of just felt like I wasn't really, and I think COVID brought that out too, because a lot of us, you know, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen. So then yeah. suddenly you're just like, Oh man, I kind of wish I hadn't been making really bad choices, you know, all these years because, things are time is short and you never know what's going to happen um you know <laughs> what would happen if like we both lost our jobs and we couldn't afford food but I have this closet full of clothes like no I know sense, right yeah um and that was like my the worst case scenario in my mind was right. that's kind of where my mind went but I was like I, I I felt so guilty um so I mean yes of course money I, I'm so excited to just have money to you know apply to our mortgage or whatever at the end yeah. of the month or give away if you can like in tithing and things like you can give more when you have more yeah and um so I mean that that is for sure something that keeps us going but I mean ultimately it's just my family um I love my kids that they want to keep their rooms organized and that they're learning and really thinking about you know what they want to spend their allowance on and things instead of just like I want to blow this money because it's in my pocket yeah <laughs> um you know, Christmas came and, and, you know, I'd always buy them clothes, even if they didn't really need them. And 
you know, I wasn't really teaching them anything by that either. And I mean, this year, I just, when they opened their gifts, they didn't say anything, but I was just like, oh, I didn't buy you clothes because you guys don't need them. And they were like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, boys they don't, don't care. care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, what, why would I get them? Like, it, yeah. it's backwards. And I just think like undoing habits that we had, that I had set in place and maybe even like possibly passing that on to my children is kind of inspiring to myself and just hoping that that's something that, you know, when they grow up, they're not gonna, you know, I, I always told my mom, I wish when I turned 18, the first thing I did was I got a credit card and I wish I never did that. Like, I wish that I had learned like right away that like, that's not the answer, right. <laughs> you know? And it wasn't like we had mountains and mountains of debt. We just weren't spending our money wisely. Right. We just weren't making sure that, you know, just instead of, you know, if you ever found something you really wanted, well, just go get it and we'll figure it out later. You know, yeah. it's not great. I've joked before on the podcast that did you take comm class, career yes. management? Like, why don't they teach you that stuff in there? I honestly do not. Maybe they taught me, they taught us about managing money, but I do not they remember didn't. it. They didn't. Like, I literally have no no recollection of ever learning about how to these really practical things it was I don't remember so pointless it. and yet I took sewing lessons until like grade 11 and made a dress shirt like are you kidding me <laughs> what is the point of that but yeah like that's where I'm like you're right someone should have taught you and I mean our parents we are parents as well and we know that we missed the mark and we can't remember to tell our kids everything but yeah like I definitely no. think they should be teaching that in school but yeah I think I think you're engaging your kids it's, you're teaching them to think critically and we often well, think about that on other topics, but this is actually in a very gentle way regarding house stuff, teaching them to think critically and thoughtfully. Well, I think gen like generally, ultimately, I, I want them to know, and I want to know for myself how to properly discern the gifts that God gives to us and not waste it. Yeah. Like, and not be it's, glutton. And it's, it's not just money, it's time too. Like, you know, we don't know. And we need to prepare for our future. We don't need to worry about it, but we don't need to, you know, always just think, well, you know, there's another paycheck coming next month. That's not a, that's not a very healthy actual mindset, honestly, because no, first of all, we actually are not guaranteed that we may yeah. think we are, but we really don't know. Um, and as far as time, I mean, obviously we don't know what's going to happen in our own life or when God yeah. will choose to take us. So, um, just by preparing for the future and being thoughtful, I feel like it brings on like another level of contentment and peace that ah. just, you can't really get if you're always on the edge. Cause you, you know, you have so much stuff. Maybe you have debt. Maybe you have a house that's crazy and just like, yeah, mentally there's stuff going on and, you know, kids are fighting and, and all these things. And then you have all this stuff to do and, it's just kind of resetting and simplifying. So it's just satisfying, I guess, knowing that I'm actually doing it and it's going really well. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I yeah. love it. And what advice would you give someone who wants to break the cycle? I guess, first of all, I would just say, just start, um, go with your own instincts. Don't, you know, maybe it's okay. Some people I know are really good with like, they need like a step of instructions and maybe that's what would work for you. Or maybe you just need to start and just say, okay, I'm just going to go through my clothes today and 
don't say I, you know, I have to move it down to one third like I did. Just, just go through and intentionally think yeah. about all the things you have. When did I wear these boots last? Do I even like them? Um, are they ugly and gross and falling apart? Why am I keeping them? <laughs> like, yeah, all things we should ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then at, on the flip side, when you are ready to buy something, um, are you buying it because you think it's going to make you happy right now? You know, is this, is this something that's bringing you happiness today, but you're going to be throwing it into the Goodwill pile in four or five months? Um, or is it something that you actually need for your house or yourself? I still think it's okay to treat yourself. I still think, you know, when it's birthdays and stuff, that's okay. I don't think that any of that is shameful or wrong or that it doesn't link with minimalism. I don't think that's it, but it's kind of the everyday, right? everyday sort of indulgences and splurges that we kind of feel entitled to a little bit that maybe we don't need all the time. Um, so just kind of being intentional that way. Okay, Jordan. So to quote you specifically, um, I want everyone to check out everyday underscore Jordan on Instagram, because you have lots of great stuff that you put up, but what really took my fancy was on December 22nd. And you said you were going to update people on your journey to minimalism. And my mother-in-law tagged me. And so I'm reading along and you said, my ultimate end goal is less stuff in and less stuff out. The answer isn't goodwill people in all caps. <laughs> and I was like, boom, roasted. You roasted me in the most beautiful way in that moment, because my go-to, I've always said things like, oh, I'll just give it to goodwill. Like as though I'm like solving some sort of world problem, mm -hmm. but I'm not. And I was, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to talk to this girl. And so no, like I, I think it's, it's, and I love how you, you do it with so little judgment. You just do it to find more freedom, freedom for yourself. And even, I love your, um, you have a real flow with it. Like you're like, I have rockstar jeans, but I might have tops that are, you know, from a Canadian made company. And I just think what you're, what you're striving for is really, really beautiful. And I think it's definitely a really encouraging, it feels doable. It's, um, a very hopeful conversation, you know, and one of my favorite things after these episodes is to make little changes and pretty quickly little changes become big changes. And mm -hmm. I just, I just want to say thank you for that challenge because it's not about goodwill people. It's not about <laughs> that. It's less stuff in less stuff out and then less bondage, less mind mm -hmm. clutter, right? Less spending on stuff we don't need. And the freedom we feel when we're not, you know, drawn to stuff in an unnatural way, like addicts, right. like really that's, that's living in freedom. Yep. And I mean, for the most part, this is something we can control. There is a lot that goes on in our lives every day that we have no control over. And we just, especially now with the pandemic and everything else, I mean, it's affecting everyone and none of us have control. We never know, but I mean, we can control this, you know, yeah. you can control where you spend your money, who you support with your money and what you do with your time, what you do with your home and you know, how you live your life. Those are things you have the full that's within your realm. You can do it. You can make the changes. It's all, you can do it. And I have to say a little plug, but a simple life is a good life. Mm -hmm. Simple life is a good life. And I am, I'm, I just love how stuff, 
I pray about these episodes that all the things will come together and I'll have the right people. And, you know, you already brought up fast fashion and, and I'm interviewing a girl on Monday night who started her own clothing company. I do think it's a plus size clothes company called Worthy Clothiers. So I would encourage you to go check out Worthy. If you're interested in this everyday Jordan conversation, you should also check out Worthy Clothiers and they're starting it from the ground up and they're inviting people to follow their journey on Instagram as they build this business, which is really fun to watch too. So that's awesome. I'm going to go follow them right after this. Yeah. So I love to be inspired. I thank you for the inspiration. Um, Everyone should go give you a follow on the gram and uh, yeah, keep doing your thing and keep, keep lighting us up and showing us that there's a different way to think about it. And yet it's so calm and relaxing that it makes me want to just go <laughs> my closet down, you know, something like that. Well, I can come and help you with that too. If you fly me out there. So right. Fly you out here, <laughs> take my pictures, all those things. Thanks Jordan for being on the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. I, had, I loved it. Me too. Well, that was so much fun. Thanks so much for being here. Please click subscribe, rate and review this podcast, share it with everyone you know, and I will be back here next week with more stories, more courage, more vulnerability, and just a little more Jody to brighten your day.